if you guys remember from last week, uh, Moses got put in Midian, and Moses was in kind of a low place in his life, moved from a position of high power to basically a nobody. And so this is what the story picks up here in uh, Exodus chapter 3. This is a really famous story in the Bible. Probably mostly everybody that grows up in church for some time has either heard of this story or almost memorized it. It's Moses in the burning bush. So it's a good story today. Uh, this story, though, it does have some implications for our life. So that's what we're going to focus on. As I said, most of you guys know the story, so we'll go over it. But we're going to try to focus on how does it apply to our lives in 2022. Um, so I hope you guys will enjoy this today. But if you have your Bibles or you have your notes, uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 1. Exodus chapter 3 is a pretty small uh, chapter. It's not very long, but there's a lot of important information, just detailed in a short passage. So it says this. It says, now it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, while the bush is not burned. It's, it's kind of a funny part of the puts in the Bible, is that Moses is like, I think I should look at this. Uh, and the first thing I want you guys to, to write down, if you're taking notes, uh, the first point is, sometimes God speaks to us in unusual ways. So sometimes God speaks to us in unusual ways. So obviously, you know, we're not going down Highway 109 and seeing a bunch of trees on fire that aren't really burning. Otherwise, they'd be on national news and everything. But there's still a lot of unusual ways God speaks to us today. Um, the way that God speaks to me may be different than the way God speaks to you. So for instance, um, you know, you may fall asleep one night and have a dream like Joseph did in Genesis, and you know, that dream may really mean something and have some power to it, and God will be speaking to you that way. Sometimes people actually have, many people have encountered that they've heard an audible voice, that God really speaks to them that way. Other people um, see God working and see signs from God by things around them. Other people saying things to them, you know, different things falling in place and God just moving around them. Other people look at nature and find the way God moves in nature. You guys think about, okay, so Moses sees this burning bush, and it's, it's not actually burning up, but it's on fire. So obviously, he stops for a second and looks at this and wants to find out what's going on. Um, and then once he looks at the bush, uh, like most of you guys know what God says next, uh, God speaks to him and says, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, uh, to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take off your sandals, for the place which you are standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, and the God of Moses. And, oh, I'm sorry, and the God of Isaac. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So I want you guys to think about this again. I told you guys, I mean, when you look at Genesis and Exodus last week, I told you that there's a lot of things that repeat themselves. And in the Bible, it does it on purpose because the more it repeats itself, the more it sticks in people's minds. You know, if I tell you something one Sunday and then ask you about it two years later, your chances of you remembering that is probably like a 2% chance. But if I tell you something and then every few weeks or every week remind you of that concept and, and tell you over and over, then when you leave the youth ministry, you're probably going to remember that concept. So the same thing is kind of true in the Bible. Sometimes 
God reminds the people multiple times so that it sticks in their minds. So they start to really understand it. So when God says, I am the God of you know, your, your father and uh, your grandfather and, or, or those, and those before you, then he's saying that, he said that many other times in these last few chapters. And he's saying that because he wants to re remind Moses that he's the same God that did all these miracles for them back in the day, and he can do miracles for Moses as well. And so in our lives today, one thing to take away from this is that I say God speaks to us in unusual ways. Well, one thing is to hear God's voice and to see God moving, you have to have faith that God will speak to you. You have to have faith that God is still who he says he is. And so he wanted to make sure that Moses knew that I am still the same God that did all these miraculous things for those before you that you've heard about, you've grown up seeing. And so what I'm about to tell you, you have to trust that I'm going to do it through you too. And so I want you guys to think about that in your life today. You know, if God were to come to you in some kind of way and speak to you and say, you know, Sarah, I'm, I'm gonna, I want you to go and do this, and you're like, that seems absolutely impossible. Or like God comes up and says, you know, Caitlin, you're going to be the next, you know, president of the United States. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you're thinking, oh, I don't know about that. You know, just say like on, on, on a high scale. You know, a lot of us, are, you know, would say, well, I'm not skilled enough, I'm not talented enough. There's no way that's going to happen, and just kind of forget about it. But God is saying that whatever I tell you to do, whatever I'm calling you to do, if you trust me, you have faith in me, you'll see it happen. Because I'm the same God that's been working for all these years, and has been here before anything was, and I'll always be here in the end. So what you guys to think about that concept today, in your own individual lives, is there something God's calling you to? Is there something God is leading you to? Is there something that God is opening up for you? And maybe you're just kind of scared to walk through or you have some anxiety about because you don't feel like I'm called enough to do this or I don't feel like I'm good enough. Trust in God because God has a plan for you and he wants to use you for good. And so then it, it continues on here. And when he's going to tell Moses this, he says, uh, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who were in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the places of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perserites and the Hobbites and the Jebusites. Oh, solid. Um, and then it said, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Does anybody remember why this would be problematic for Moses? To go talk to Pharaoh? Because he was Pharaoh's son, and he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this whole prince thing left. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Caitlin? Because he was wanted dead. He was wanted dead, yeah. Um, so, you know, the Bible doesn't really go into that account here in chapter 3, but if you put those two and two together, what it said in chapter 2, it just said that Pharaoh was trying to kill Moses because he killed that Egyptian. He was already mad at Moses in the first place because he said, I don't want to be part of the Egyptian family anymore. He left Pharaoh's daughter. And so Pharaoh does not like Moses. And so God says, you're going to go up to Pharaoh and you're going to have this conversation with him and you're going to tell him to let the people go. Now, anybody in their rational mind is going to say, that's going to absolutely go terrible. Um, you know, Moses is going to die for doing this. He's saying Pharaoh's 
I think it just it, it refers to that because uh, it just like reminds you of the royalty that's there. It does sound weird, yeah. Uh, um, like, how old is she? Like, I feel like she'd be a parent. She'd be like, well, she's you're an adult. Yeah, at this point, she's going to be quite a quite a bit older. I mean, yeah, she's yeah, I mean, she she would have been. But to leave the royal family was like unheard of back then. Like, it wasn't a thing. And so, even if you're an adult and you decide I'm going to leave the family, that wasn't a that was real shame upon. That wasn't a good thing. Yeah, it is. And that's how they told her, that's how they told her in the history of Stephanie. True, yeah, that's true. They could have introduced her on her name. Her name is Caroline Gordon, so they just didn't. Again, like, you know, if this is the name, none of us probably know who that was, so they're kind of just saying, like, to, to get the, the big she picture. She does have a name, though. I've heard it before. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm sure, like, a story is found it. Um, anyways, though, um, so I want you guys to think about this. You know, Moses, or God tells Moses that I want you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Right after Pharaoh says, I want to kill Moses, and I, I totally don't like this guy. He comes near the, the palace, instructs the guys to behead him. Okay, so I want you guys to think about our own personal lives today. Sometimes God is going to call us to talk to certain people that we don't like, that we disagree with. He's going to call us to do things that are uncomfortable for us. And he knows in our own power, in our own strength, we're not going to be successful. But he also knows that if you trust him, he'll put his spirit within you, and he'll guide you to victory. He'll guide you in that conversation. He'll guide you to do that task that he's calling you to, and you're going to come out stronger and more refined for it. So when, when Moses does this, does Pharaoh let people go right away? We'll read that later. No, he doesn't. Okay, and and um, Moses could have very easily, at that point, been discouraged and said, "Okay, well, you know what? I did what God was calling me to. It didn't work out. It didn't go like I wanted it to. Maybe God was wrong." But God told him, "Keep doing it, and keep doing it." And eventually, Pharaoh lets the people go. And it's not because Pharaoh just becomes this real nice, loving guy. You know, God basically softens his heart and forces him to let the people go. And so God wanted to show Moses that if you trust me, you keep at this, you keep having faith, and I'm gonna protect you through this, and I'm gonna guide you, then I'm gonna do something miraculous here. And then and then as they escape Egypt, Pharaoh actually chases after them, and so he's still pretty ticked off. He still was trying to go against this. And then that, that's when the Red Sea story happens, when the Red Sea parts, Moses and the uh, Israelites go through, and the waters crash and kill Pharaoh's army. Did she really found they killed uh, Pharaoh? I think so. Because there's, there's a lot of new Pharaohs that come through. Yeah. They found um, petrified wooden chariot wheels at the Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, they went and, yeah, recently they did some like um, deep dives or they found out how to get down there and see some things at the surface and they found like evidence of like where there would have been chairs and stuff in the past, which made no sense to like human minds, but it would make sense in the story. Or, you know, all of a sudden there was like a flash flood and a lens went underground. <laughs> I don't understand why it doesn't make sense, because like, what if somebody just has that old jump? Well, like the, the, the Red Sea, like, uh, I mean, you wouldn't like, be driving chariots through that. It's not like a boat. Like, like, they would have been loading a ship for war with chariots. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it was stressed. Um, like, there's a ship. There definitely wasn't a chariot. 
If you were I don't know if they were that advanced back then. That would have been that's pretty impressive. If you were at the fair and they had pictures of uh, the chariot wheels at the bottom of the Red Sea. Oh, did they? And with the main well, really cool. building. That is actually really cool. Um, well, yeah, so I want you guys to think through this here. So Moses is persistent and keeps following God and keeps doing this as the story is, is going to unfold here in the later chapters. And because of Moses' faithfulness, he sees God do something incredible that no one's ever seen before. And then the people, their faith is strengthened by God, and Moses becomes one of the greatest leaders in all the Bible. And so I want you guys to think about, again, your life today. You know, when God calls you to do something, it may not work out right away. And I want you guys to write that down if you can. The second kind of big point here is sometimes God speaks to us in unusual ways. And then sometimes when we follow God, it doesn't always work out right away. So not when you follow God, it doesn't always work out right away. And what I mean by that is that say God is, is calling you to um, participate in this club or this activity or to talk to this person or make friends with them or I mean, trying to witness to somebody, that's a big one. And you go up and have a conversation with the person, they shut you down. And you're like, well, God, it didn't work. But sometimes God, again, he wants to see if you, if you have the kind of faith like Moses to trust him and, and, to, and to do it over time. And to keep going back even when rejection happens. Because eventually that person does listen to you and they accept Christ or they come to church or you start succeeding that event or that activity, it's even more miraculous. And again, you get the praise and glory back to God, not yourself. And so I want you guys to think about that in your life today. Sometimes when God's calling you to something, it's not going to work out instantaneously. It may be a process. Something you have to really obey and have faith over time. And the longer you trust God, the more you abide in Him, eventually you will see it work out. I want you guys to also think about something here. Another promise in this chapter, it says the Israelites will reach the promised land, which is a land flowing of milk and honey, uh, it's going to be this beautiful land. They're going to live in and have it, and everything's going to go great for them. Now, did that happen in, in like a year after Moses left? Anybody know how long it took? You mean a year after he died? After he left Egypt. Oh. Um, Sorry. Yeah, you had it. Good job, Victoria. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it took 40 years. So I want you guys to think about this, okay? If you're an Israelite, and you're following Moses, and he's like, hey, God told me, we're about to go to this land full of milk and honey. He's going to go to this great land. It's going to be awesome, guys. It's going to be our land. You're probably pretty fired up. And then you go through the Red Sea event, and you're like, all right, this is really going to work out. Like, God's on our side. This is fantastic. And then for 40, the next 40 years, you went around the wilderness. Uh, it was because they started to disobey God and, and start to lose their faith. Um, yeah. It would have been pretty quick. If not, not 40 years. Yeah. It would have been a lot quicker than that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like back then, they didn't have motorcycles or cars. And so they had to walk pretty far. And so, yes, a lot of times you had to walk and camp and like things like that. Even and maybe, so it's a process, but not 40 years. Yeah. Even making it, like, even the uh, people who wanted to travel to Oregon on the Oregon Trail took them like a year. It didn't take them 40. Yeah, it, it should. Like the east side of yeah, it definitely should have taken them 40 years. That, like, like why I said, that was a punishment for taking their eyes off God, which, again, we'll get to some of that stuff later in the, in the chapter, or in the book here. But um, I want you guys to think about that. If you're an Israelite, and 
You're, you see all this miraculous stuff happening. You're following Moses that tells you you're about, about to go to this glorious land. And the Red Sea happened. You're like, God's on our side. This is going wonderful. We're all in. And then all of a sudden, you're wandering around the wilderness. And things are going bad. And you start complaining about you know, having the same food every day. And things aren't looking so right anymore. Then a lot of us would, would naturally start to doubt God. And say, well, maybe God, maybe Moses didn't hear God right. Maybe it's not really going to happen. I want you guys to think about something here real quick. Is once they get to the promised land, they're still the Canaanites inhabiting it. And they don't just give it to them. They have to fight for this land. And they have to go through all this pain and all this suffering. And then eventually, they defeat the Canaanites and they do inhabit the land. And God does give them the land. And they enjoy, they enjoy it for quite some time. And they do, have, they do have milk and honey and all the things they can ever need. But I want you guys to think about that in your own personal life in a, in a 21st century mindset. A lot of times we start going the right way and following God and things are working out. And we're like, hey, this is great. I'm going to keep doing this. But then as soon as God doesn't bless us like we think he should or give us what we want or things don't start opening up like we, like we had anticipated, a lot of times we start to doubt God and say, well, is God really on my side? Does God really care? Does he really have a good plan for me? And we start to go the opposite direction. And that's when we get lost in the wilderness. When we start to get in that wilderness of life, and we start getting lost on a darker and darker path. It's only as we put our eyes back on God, that even though it may, it may take some pain and some suffering, you may go through some trials and tribulation, eventually God will lead you to the promised land and will fulfill the promises that he's given you. And ultimately, when we die, if you're a Christian, you'll inherit the, most, the best promised land of all time, which is heaven, which is a land of no, or a place of no pain, no suffering, no death, and eternal life forever, glorifying and praising God with other believers. So what do you guys think about that in your life today that maybe you're not where you're at right now, but don't take your eyes off God and start wandering in the wilderness. You're just going to go on a darker and darker path. Put your eyes back on Him. And even though it may not happen right away, eventually He will lead you to the promised land and things will open up for you. Imagine all the kids that were like born during the 40 years of wandering, like they wouldn't know to complain because all they eat is literally just bread and a whole lot. Uh, bread, that manna from heaven, yeah. Um, but think about this too, real quick, I'll get to you. Um, think about this too. Some of those people, some of those people died before they got to the promised land. So like some of those people that like went through the Red Sea and rode the wilderness, they died without ever seeing it happened. And so once they got to heaven, you know, they would have seen eventually. I'm sure God would have showed them that, hey, look, your, your children and grandchildren or whoever, they're, well, they're in the phones and our phones is doing fulfilled. They never saw it in their lifetime. Think about that kind of faith, too. Sometimes God will promise you things that maybe you have a hand in and you help in, but you never get to see how the fruit of it because it happens down the road. Or someone else actually takes them in. Yeah. This is a You wouldn't want to get close to it, yeah. It's pickles. Oh, pickles are good. I almost vomited once when I tried a pickle. But for a whole month. Now, um, the bread from heaven, manna, if you do some research on manna or read the Bible through, is actually like kind of a sweet bread. So it's almost kind of like, it's almost like a, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, So it starts off as like, 
man, this is fantastic. And then after a while, if you said, even ice cream would be like, yeah, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Uh huh. Pizza. I mean, if so, we're going to have bread, at least make it different types. Like, Italian. <laughs> Garlic one day. Oh my gosh. Okay, let me go ahead and get to the last part here and then we'll discuss. The last part says, um, this is what God is telling um, Moses. Um, after Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. So uh, again, as he concludes this, this message to Moses, he says, again, remember who I am. I am the God of your fathers. I'm the God of your grandfathers. I'm the God of these generations in the past. Remember who I am. And when you start to doubt yourself, when you start to lose faith, when you start to have moments of, of, of despair, remember that I am God and I will bring you out of this in time. If you trust me, and turn back to me. So let me pray for us and we'll have some discussion here. Dude, you know, thank you so much just for your word here. Exodus 3, showing us, God, that sometimes you speak to us in unusual ways. And you call us to do things that maybe seem impossible to us. But God, we also know that if we put our trust and our faith in you, and we keep pushing toward your will and what you're calling us to do, and keep doing the things you, you want us to do, that eventually, God, we'll see the promised land. We'll see the fruit of our efforts. And ultimately, God, will bring praise and honor to you. And then we pray. Amen.